The jobs report came out on Friday, and it's not great news for the already flailing Biden campaign. And the more we look at that Biden campaign, it looks more and more like Joe Biden will not be running for president. The left has found a new reason to riot. Coincidentally, it is right before the elections again. And preparing your prepare yourself for one of the most confusing stories of the week. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. This is Gene. I hope you had a great weekend. I had a good weekend. And, I, you know, for my opening monologue, just something I had a debate with yesterday. It wasn't really a debate, but we were talking. I was listening to one of my um, family members, and she was talking about how she had gotten some F's in school. First off, she received a ton of money from the government to go to school, to college. She's 18 years old. And she was saying, well, she dropped out right now. She she got a bunch of F's and, you know, she had to come up with an excuse why she got her F's to justify the money she got from the federal government. And one of the things she came up with, well, I have ADHD, and that actually is a really real thing. Like, I know it, and the doctor describes describes it just like I have it, and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't say anything at this point. I just shook my head. And then they started talking to her, her family, started talking to her about the fact that she's dating somebody who is a kind of abusive doesn't look like he's got any real future ahead of him and everyone kept saying you know what you got to you got to stop you got you seriously got to just stop dating this guy drop his ass he's not a good guy this guy has been known to be violent and she keeps saying, well, that's what he was when he was younger. And we were all like, that happened last year. I mean, it, it's not like this happened when he was 14 or something. The guy's 24 years old. It happened when he was 23. So you, you the first thing you say is, okay, yeah, maybe this is, or maybe not. You just don't know. You can't sit there and say he's changed. This, is, this has happened recently. And then other things came out about that. She said, well, one of the reasons that people asked her basically why you date, you pick people like this. And by the way, the, most of the conversation was in Spanish. So I'm having kind of a tough time remembering the exact uh, dialogue. She does, She speaks very little Spanish. So she was speaking a lot in English. So I was able to catch it to the point where she asked, actually asked my opinions a few times. And she kept saying, well, she didn't have a real great relationship with her mother and father. Her mother and father didn't care about her, which is all true. Not, it's all true. And so that's probably why she's attracted to people like the guy she was dating. And so I finally, I, I, I'm shaking my head. And I finally said, well, then why, if, if you acknowledge two things about this whole thing, you acknowledge that your parents were effed up, okay, treated you badly, and you're saying that's the reason that you're effing up too? I said, have you ever heard of breaking the cycle? 
making the change. And I also pointed something else out. Okay, yes, you were you were basically emotionally, psychologically abused as a child. I don't know if she was beaten as a child. But I said, so far, you have gotten all Fs in school and used the excuse that you have ADHD. You are dating someone who is an absolute loser in every aspect, and he's violent, and you made yourself a victim. You made yourself a victim under him. You made yourself a victim under your, your, your parents. I said, it sure looks like you're making a lot of excuses, and you're playing victim. And to be totally honest with you, that's not how you that's not how you succeed in life. Because the reality of the matter is life doesn't care. You can say you have ADHD, which I personally think is BS. I think this whole psychological thing has is just crap. I've heard ADHD diagnoses before, and it just basically means a person with a lot of energy. And it's always the same thing. And then, you know, she's drinking. She's 18 years old and she's drinking. And I say, so far, ADHD, your your parents, and then uh, you're drinking. I go, that's not exactly a formula for success. You're drinking at 18 and you started drinking at 15. It's probably, and you're talking to a recovering alcoholic. Maybe it's time to quit drinking. You don't need to drink. I mean, it was to the point that Josie's birthday is at the end of the month and we were going to go on a uh, brunch cruise. Basically, just go around San Diego Harbor and have brunch. The ladies would have mermosas and whatever and we'd eat and talk and just have a good time. And she said, well, I'm not going unless I can drink. So someone's going to have to help me get some liquor. You don't need that liquor. You really don't. That should tell you, that should be a red flag for you. And of course she said, well, my parents let me do it. It doesn't matter what your parents are letting you. You just said your parents are crappy parents. Now you're you're saying that the reason you drink is because your parents let you. And then when you become an alcoholic, are you going to blame your parents for you being an alcoholic? Of course, the answer is yes. That's exactly what she's going to do. So we sat, we were talking and she likes listening to me. She says she likes listening to me because I'm very reasonable. And I said, listen, there's there's only three things that you need to do. And this is something I hear in just about every podcast. I hear this from just about everybody I listen to. Jordan Peterson, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, um, um, anybody I listen to says the same thing. One Get your education and get your career. Two, get married. Three, have kids. Those are the three things you have to do in that order to have success. You will not be homeless on the street. You will not be broke. You will not be living off the government's dime if you do those three things. Guarantee. And the reason you want to get an education and you want to start your career is that you already have the financial base. And by the way, when you take responsibility for that, you will take responsibility on who you choose as a mate. Because you're not going to want some bum being your mate when you've busted your ass to make a career, to get your education and make a career. You're not going to want a guy who's half-assed his way through life. You're going to look for something better. And then you get married where you have that commitment, you have that family structure, and then you have kids. And you have them 
pretty immediately. You don't wait till you're 45. This is the, this was the other thing a lot of people were talking about. Oh, yeah, wait till 30, wait till 40. No. Have your kids. Get your career going. Get married. Have that family base. And then start having kids. You're never prepared for children. Ever. You're never going to be prepared for children. Yes, you could be a terrible parent. You're not going to know until you're an actual parent. If you're concerned about being a terrible parent, the, the chances are you're not going to be a terrible parent. I told her, those are the three things you need to do. And in that order, you could do it like I didn't do them out of order. For example, get married, have a family, and then work on your career. And it's going to be, it's very possible, but it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to, you're there's going to be a lot of sleepless nights. But you can do that. And she said, I'll try. I go, it's not about trying. You just do it. It's just, you just do it. You don't have sex anymore. You don't sit there and have sex with random people or with guys that are your boyfriends. You just don't do it. You, you curb on the dating. You make sure the person you're with is on line with your, your goals. You just don't do it. You just do it. You don't try. If you're trying, that means you're not going to do it. And the thing is, this is the mentality of a lot of... And where this conversation started, which was amazing to me, where this conversation started, it started as, so when are you going to get pregnant? I mean, this is what... This is what... You're 18 years old. You're in school. You're failing school. You're working at a fast food restaurant. Well, when are you going to get pregnant? Because half the family is pregnant outside of wedlock with bums. And now the girls are all struggling. Because the, the guys, what a shocker, they're not there anymore. Or they're there when they feel like being there. And they're not helping with the kids and things like that. Why would you even ask that question? How about don't get pregnant and go, go start your career, get your life going first. And believe it or not, it doesn't take that long to get your life going. She's going to college. I said, why, why are you going to college? What are you studying? I don't know. And then go, what do you like to do? Well, there's this and there's that. Well, then go to a trade school and learn that. And then make a career out of that. You know, I, I have a degree in English literature from Cal State Northridge. And I was asked about this yesterday. I said, yeah, I got the degree from Cal State Northridge and it was a worthless degree. And, and, and the same gal, she sat there and said, but you're so literate. You speak well, you write well. I said, yeah, but I could have gotten that by just reading a lot of books. I didn't really need to go to school for that. So instead, I spent four years going to college, and then I went, ended up spending another year to two years in a trade school. I was teaching at the trade school, so I kinda, that kind of worked out. I got paid while I was doing it. But I went, ended up going to a trade school, getting all the necessary certifications, and my career path went down technology, which is a completely opposite career path from my liberal arts degree. I waste, basically wasted four years, or at least two years, because my first two years, I, I don't consider and my AA a waste. I don't consider my BA a waste, but I could have I skipped two years and gotten my BA later, because it didn't help me in my career. A lot of people think today, especially kids today, they think, and, and 
this is the government's fault. I mean, the, the teachers' union's fault, the colleges. I, everyone thinks you need a, a, a freaking four-year degree. You don't need a four-year degree. You really don't. Go to a trade school, learn a trade. We've got a guy in the family who is a brilliant guy. He is a fantastic cook, and he actually wanted to go down the career path of a cook. And he also is a great mechanic. He People drop their cars off to the guy, and he fixes everything. He, he has changed pieces of the engine. He has redone bodywork. He has redone electrical in a car, done brakes, anything that deals with axles, brakes, suspension he's done, tires, lowering and raising. This guy can do pretty much anything he wants. He just needs the cert certifications, and he's good to go. And this guy would be making tons of money. Uh, yes, uh, while he was at the, uh, he was late to the party because he was making $300 changing brakes. It's like, geez, he said $300, 45 minutes it took me to change the brake. So what are you doing? Get your certifications, become a mechanic, because I know they earn $50 to $70 an hour. And if you can put together a car, you can put together anything. Skills are important. You don't learn skills in college. I didn't learn to read in college. And that's what I was telling her. Yes, I've got a degree in literature, but I knew how to read when I got in there. And maybe I learned a little bit of criticism where I could read critically, but I was reading like that before. I learned that in high school too. So that was an interesting conversation yesterday. <clears throat> basically I was trying to convince her just to drop college and get yourself a, a job someplace, get yourself, uh, go to a trade school and get a job someplace. Then she was completely, it costs $10,000. So it costs a hundred thousand dollars to go to college and you're going to get nothing out of college. Whereas at a trade school, you're going to be studying your trade and you're going to be doing your trade. It seems like that's more important, but I don't know. Okay, so the labor statistics came out on Friday. Yeah, they're not good. Uh, so apparently the there were 150,000 jobs opened by employers in October. Uh, that is way, it's about 50,000 jobs lower than was initially expected. Um, also, August and September's job reports were were uh, revised downward 100,000. So everyone who was thrilled about the 336,000 people that were hired in September, what a great month. Yeah, no, that went down 50,000. That's now down to 297,000. And then in, in uh, August, it went down further. Unemployment has gone from 3.8 to 3.9%. Now, mind you, this is the New York Times. They sat back and said the unemployment rate, based on survey of households, ticked up to 3.9% from 3.8% in September. It has been below 4% for the last two years. Yeah, but um, the unemployment rate has also gone up for the last six months. It was at 3.4%, I think, in the beginning of summer. Now it's at 3.9%. It's up a half a percent. That's a lot. And by the way, it's coming on October. What does that mean? It's, it's November. What does that mean? Companies are supposed to be hiring right now. 
because of the Christmas rush, Black Friday and whatever. It's going to be really interesting to see this unemployment rate because it sure looks like it's going down. It's going up, excuse me. And that's not a good thing for the economy. Basically, what's happening with the... I know the GDP is high right now. I I keep hearing about the GDP being at 4.9%. And it is. So that's keeping us from a recession, sort of. But the problem is the inflation is still very high. Um, Unemployment is now ticking up. And that's from the high interest rates. Because the best way to keep interest rates... Uh, to keep the inflation down is make sure interest rates are high and people don't have as much money or the money they have is not as worth as much to stop people from spending and people are still spending. Well, one of the consequences of raising interest rates is job loss. Yes, we're not losing a half percent or a full percent in unemployment. And we're probably that's probably not going to happen. Maybe it'll jump 0.2, 0.3%. But the reality is it went from 3.4% to 3.5%, 3.678. Now it's at 3.9. That's a half percentage point jump in uh, the last six months. That's not good. We're stagnating is essentially what's happening. So we'll have to see. Okay. So the election's coming. And you know, if the election's coming, we've got to start rioting. Well, the media has been doing everything they can to start some sort of BLM riots. Like, you know, that guy who started beating the crap and choking an officer and got shot. He happened to be black. The officer happened to be white. That didn't work out because the video was released. As a matter of fact, they had that gal who had been shoplifting in Target. Target called the police. Two cops that just happened to be there on different calls walk up to her and she drives over one and they kill her. That didn't work out for them. They, they are looking for anything to start a riot, a BLM-like riot. Well, they have one now. It's because Israel has to kill all of the Hamas terrorists in the, in the Gaza Strip. So let's listen to this. Anti-Israel protests in Washington, D.C. saw agitators and demonstrators scale the White House fence, wave the Palestinian flag, and shout infatata. So infatata is basically, it's kind of like yelling, let's riot, let's get violent, things like that. It's not quite a jihad, which is start a war, but it is cause nothing but problems. So continuing, thousands of people attended the protest and demand the U.S. not support Israel and advocate for a ceasefire in the war against the Palestinian terror group Hamas. Free, free Palestine, they chanted. Crowds of people swarmed in the Freedom Plaza. By the way, these guys always saying stupid stuff like this. Free, free Palestine. Um, Palestine was free sort of Israel did not control Palestine did not control the Gaza Strip Hamas controlled the Gaza Strip Hamas is the government of the Gaza Strip there is not one Jew well there is now because the military is is invading but there was not one Jew in the Gaza Strip Hamas in 2006 uh, was voted in by the people of the Gaza Strip to become their government 
They become the legitimate. They became the legitimate. They became the government of the Gaza Strip, and all Israelis and Jews left the Gaza Strip. They were always free. Now, if they're complaining they're not free in their current situation, that's because of Hamas, and they should really start bitching and moaning at Hamas. Continuing, the crowds of people swarmed the Freedom Plaza near the National Mall. Many had been bussed in by, by, in by progressive groups and groups that specialize in advocacy for Arabs and those in the Middle East. By the way, BLM is essentially BLM and Antifa. That's, that's who was being shipped in. Professional rioters. Activists wore kiafas, uh, kefias, I don't know how to pronounce that, carried signs and chanted death to, of Israel. They were literally yelling death to Israel. In England, they, were, they had signs to, to say, put the Jews in ovens. I mean, this is some horrid stuff. Biden, Biden, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide. They chanted. Palestinian flags and signs were draped across statues of American patriots. Okay, so, so that is the clean way of putting it. So here's what happened. Violence has been ticking up. Jews or pro-Israeli people have been assaulted. A woman who was in her house, a Jew, a door, she got a knock on her door. They opened the door and someone stabbed her and then wrote swastik, drew swastikas on her door. She's in critical condition, critical but stable condition. This is what they're doing. This is the violence that's uptaking. People who are walking down the street with pro-Israeli signs are being assaulted by, by anti-Israeli or pro-Palestinian people and being beaten. And the signs are being torn down. American flags, British flags are being torn down by the Palestinian people. In Britain, they actually gave, gave warnings to people who were walking on the streets as counter-protesters carrying British flags. There's a very disturbing video on Twitter of a couple of look like army veterans walking, older guys walking down the street with British flags and the police are telling them, listen, uh, you shouldn't be carrying those here. And the guy asks, well, what about the 3,000 Palestinian flags we're going to see walking past us? You're not going to do anything about that? And he said, well, there's more of us than there are of you. Of, uh, there's more of them than there are of us. Which really tells you something, by the way. So this is in Britain. Also in Britain, um, a police officer was set on fire. He was sitting on his bike. He was talking to pro-Hamas uh, pro, eh, pro rioters. And one of them sprayed him with kerosene and lit him on fire. This is happening. In the United States, they, they were trying to tear the fence down on the White House. They were spray painting the fence on the White House. They were trying to climb over the fence. Guess what the Secret Service did? Absolutely nothing. They were assaulting the Secret Service. They did absolutely nothing. Uh, within the United States, statues were being, they made the statues wear the headdress. They put signs, they put Palestinian flags in the hands of the statues, basically desecrating the statues and then spray painting the statues. Now, I know there's been a lot of talk about, uh, there's a lot of talk online about um, them 
vandalizing the statues. There actually wasn't a lot of vandalism. There was a lot of spray painting. They weren't tearing the statues down, but they were desecrating them. I'm pretty sure Ben Franklin and Abe Lincoln did not support Palestine to put flags in their hands and put uh, head, uh, Palestinian headdresses on their heads. As far as I'm concerned, that's desecration. That's enough to get shot as far as I'm concerned. I'm sick of these effing people. As a matter of fact, I'll go a step further. What they should do with these people, they should find them out who they are. By the way, not, there were 11 arrests in this whole thing. This happened in L.A., Washington, D.C., New York, Boston. All these protests, all these riots where they're, they're desecrating statues. They were trying to break into the White House. And by the way, don't worry about Joe Biden. He was on vacation again in Delaware. That's what he does. And only 11 people were arrested. I don't know. That seems kind of like an insurrection to me, doesn't it? When you try and break into the White House. Maybe, maybe you should arrest more than 11 people. And I'd like to know those 11 people they arrested. What exactly did they do to get arrested? So the problem, the problem the Biden administration is having is this is not supported by anybody. 70% of the population over the age of 35%, over the age of like 35, think this is insane thinks these people are supporting terrorism. This is all people under the age of 35 that are doing this. Most people in the country do not support, do not support Hamas, do not support the Palestinians, see this as a terrorist attack, and think Israel should go in there and wipe out Gaza Strip. I'm one of them. I personally think they should just make the Gaza Strip into a parking lot, and they should never abandon it again. And anyone who even whispers from the river to the sea should be arrested. Because that's what these people are. They're terrorists. And I know, I know, I know everyone's saying, well, but the innocent people over there, listen, uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but we have video now. A lot of the people that invaded Israel on October 7th were civilians. Listen, there can be a culturally evil area on earth. I would think Gaza, the Gaza Strip, by the way, the citizens of Gaza voted for Hamas in, okay? So let's get that clear right off the bat. But I think there's a point you got to say, well, that's just a culturally evil portion of the world. And maybe like Sodom and Gomorrah, they just shouldn't be standing anymore. I'm going to hold that. I'm going to hold that uh, whistle. I'm going to hold that banner. Because they sure seem evil. I mean, we see what they're teaching their kids over there. We've got video of what they're teaching their kids over there. And if those kids believe it, that they're just raising evil. Okay, well, Barack Obama, of course, he had to weigh in. And so he was on a, a Pod Save America broadcast. I really should listen to their podcast. They are a very leftist podcast. So he had something to say about this. Let's listen to what he and you can imagine because Barack Obama, come on. I know a lot of I know it's 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 a it's a conspiracy theory to believe this guy is a Muslim. I mean, I believe he's a Muslim. I don't think he's I don't think he's Christian. 
I know a lot of people think he's Christian. I'm just not one of them. But I, this guy, he hates Israel. He's very clear. This is a guy who wants Israel destroyed and vilified and demonized. Bebe Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu can't stand this guy. They they hate each other. Well, he had some comments on it. And you knew he was going to make these comments because Netanyahu is the, is the prime minister of Israel and he hates Netanyahu. So let's listen to what uh, King Barak had to say. If there's any chance of us being able to act constructively to do something, it will require an admission of complexity and maintaining what on the surface may seem contradictory ideas. That, that what Hamas did was horrific and there's no justification for it. And what is also true is that the, the occupation and what's happening to Palestinians is, is unbearable. And what is also true is that there is a history of the Jewish people that may be dismissed unless your grandparents or your great-grandparents or your uncle or your aunt tell you stories about the madness of anti-Semitism. And what is true is that there are people right now who are dying who have nothing to do with what Hamas did and what is true, right? I mean, we can go on for a while. And the problem with the social media and trying to TikTok activism and trying to debate this on that is you can't speak the truth. You can pretend to speak the truth. You can speak one side of the truth. And in some cases, you can try to maintain your moral innocence, but that won't solve the problem. And so if you want to solve the problem, then you have to take in the whole truth. And you then have to admit nobody's hands are clean, that all of us are complicit to some degree, I look at this and I think back, what could I have done during my presidency to move this forward as hard as I tried? I've got the scars to prove it. But there's a part of me that's still saying, well, was there something else I could have done? That's the conversation we should be having. Not just looking backwards, but looking forward. And, and that can't happen if we are confining ourselves to our outrage. I would rather see you out there talking to people, including people who you disagree with. If you genuinely want to change this, then you've got to figure out how to speak to somebody on the other side and listen to them and understand what they are talking about and not, and not dismiss it. Because you can't save that child without their help. Okay, this is one of the most common... He's just doing the same thing. He's basically saying that, one, he's justifying 
Hamas. He say that it's all our fault that Hamas attacked. That's what he's saying. Um, yes, they beheaded babies. They stuck baby live babies in an oven while they're raping the mother. And they filmed it. And they released it. So we see what they did. Yes, they did that. It's terrible, but... And then there's the but. If he's smart, he used the word however. And he is smart, so that's probably what he used. However, um, we're, all, we're all responsible for this. What? I may be way off here, but I would never consider putting a baby in an oven. I'm just saying. I feel kind of guilty putting my chili in the oven, much less a baby. But we're all complicit? No. And he says, again, and this is the second thing he says, this is really a complex situation. No, it really isn't. I am sick and tired of everyone trying to make this into a complex issue. This is not a complex issue. The history of Israel and Palestine, which came out 800 years later, the history is complex because it spans a lot of time. This situation here is not complex. These animals crossed the border with a bunch of citizens, killed a lot, killed 1,500 Jews, ran right back over the border like cowards, and now are hiding behind civilians. And the reality is we need to walk in there and still need to kill them, whether civilians are there or not. And some civilians are going to get killed. That's called war. Same thing happened in World War I. Same thing happened in World War II. Same thing happened in Vietnam, Korea, every, Afghanistan, Iraq. Every war that we have fought in the United States, civilians have been killed because they either get in the way or the enemy uses the civilians as shields, which, by the way, is illegal. That's what's happening in that's what's happening in the West in the Gaza Strip, and everyone knows it. Israel knows it. Hamas knows it. Hamas is admitting it. Hamas is saying yes that we're hiding behind the civilians, but the civilians want to die because they're Islam Islamic. We know what's happening here. And then one of the most irritating... So, so it's basically, is, yes, Hamas was wrong, but Israel's wrong for retaliating. Yeah, he wants the, he wants the war to stop because Hamas is going to get their asses kicked. And by the way, if Ben Shapiro points this out, very good point. Israel owns the air. They have an extremely high-tech air force. If they wanted to level, they wanted to kill civilians, kill Hamas, level Gaza, they just send the Air Force in. They have no air defense in, in the Gaza Strip. They could, they could raise the entire country in probably three days. They're not doing that. Why? Because they do care about citizens. There are planes of C-17s dropping pamphlets saying, get out. We're going to invade. We're going into your area. And no one's listening. Hamas is actually blocking people in. 
So this is not an equivalent war. Hamas wants people to die because then they can film it and send it to MSNBC who will show how evil Israel is or whatever. And finally, the one thing I just can't stand about this asshole, he always sits back and says, hey, this, this, yeah, uh, I had difficult time. I, I, even though I was very clean president, I had no scandals or anything. Are you kidding me, dude? You effed up the Middle East huge. You effed up the Middle East big time. The red line in Syria, the Iran missile, uh, Iran Missile Treaty, Egypt, Libya, he after the rise of ISIS, all that happened under Barack Obama's watch. Don't tell me he was relatively clean in, in the Middle East. Half the reason the Middle East is effed up right now is because of him. ISIS was nothing. He called ISIS the JV. They were nothing until Barack Obama was president. And then Donald Trump in four years walked in there and just freaking destroyed them all. I don't want to hear how innocent Barack Obama is. I definitely don't want to hear his opinion about it because he effed it up in the first place. Ugh. Okay, here's an insane story. And I, I got to tell you, I, I needed a paper, a pencil, and a protractor to actually keep track of this story because it's so insane. And the Daily Mail, where it's from, they actually tried to keep everything true to form because they're a news source and they have to or they'll be, a clo in, they'll be accused of transphobia. So I decided, okay, here we go. I'll just read this straight out, okay? And I'll try and help you through this because this is really confusing, but it's really worthwhile. And it just shows you the insanity, the loss of any moral base that we have in this culture. And this happened in England. So let's read. According to Daily Mail, an author has come up as a transgender man after his husband transitioned from male to female. And the couple now live in a four-way relationship with their trans lovers. All right. G-Z. P-Z. I almost used the Lord's name in vain there. Okay, so this woman has decided that she's a man because her husband, who was a man, decided he wanted to be a woman. And now, apparently, they live with their... They live with their... The people they were having affairs with in a foursome. Now, I heard of the thruple thing. I thought that was weird. Now we're dealing with foursomes, and that seems to be okay. So let's continue. And I'm sorry it's going to get confusing because you're not going to know who's who. Rowan, Jeanette, I'll be honest with you, they all look like men. They are all butt ugly. I, I don't know. Go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, copy and paste the link, take a look at it. These are some of the most horrendous looking human beings I have ever seen. Okay, continuing. Rowan Jet Knox, formerly known as Amanda Jet Knox, announced on his, which is a her, social media in August that she, or he, which is a she, was reintroducing himself, which is a herself, as a trans man. 
The Toronto, oh, I'm sorry, this is happening in Canada. Oh, there's a shocker, it's in Canada. The Toronto-based writer and activist who started taking testosterone earlier this week, so he decided this week, or she decided this week that she's a man, follows in the footsteps of his husband-turned-wife and son-turned-daughter. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, so the son has decided to be trans too. Right. I mean, there's no absolutely no influence from the parents on this kid, right? He was always a trans uh, girl or whatever. Continuing, Knox's wife, Zoe, which is her husband, uh, was previously known as Mark, but came out as transgender in 2015 after 19 years of marriage. It seems to me they probably should have divorced. And by the way, that does kind of excuse the fact that she decided to go hunt for a man to have sex with. Okay, continuing. The pair's daughter, Alexis, it's actually the son, probably named Alex, revealed that he, she, which is a he, was transgender in early 2014. Rowan says, okay, I can't even do the he, she thing. You're just going to have to follow along here. Uh, just grab a paper, pencil, and... You may have to listen to this portion of the podcast about eight times to get it. Rowan says he too was born in the wrong body, which she wasn't, but that it took a long time to come to terms with his true gender. His true gender is a her. She, she's a woman. Rowan, you know how I know? She's got a kid. Rowan and Zoe live with their transgender partners, Danny and Dame. <laughs> I, I, where, do these, where do these trannies get these names? I don't know. In the same Toronto house, Danny and Dame are themselves a couple. <laughs> Rowan describes the unusual relationship as a polycule. He previously shared his delight in realizing he was non-binary before. So wait a minute. He came, he, she came out as a man and now she's saying she's non-binary. So what is it? Pick a lane. In all seriousness, you can't be non-binary, but dress, but saying you're a man. He, you're using, she's using he, his pronoun, calling herself a trans man, but now she's saying she's non-binary. So you're nothing. This is how idiotic this whole thing is. Non-binary before coming out as a transgender told Pink and told Pink knows trans joy is infectious. Kind of like the herpes and syphilis she's going to end up getting. In a post to, his, to her Instagram account, the writer said, It is with joy, relief, and a fair amount of anxiety that I am reintroducing myself to you as Rowan Jet Knox. Quote, I am a trans man. I am medically transitioning. I will be exclusively using he, him pronouns going forward. I've known this is who I am for a long time now. I mean, last week. She knew for a week because she just started doing all this crap last week. And she probably did this because her husband was really pissed off at her for being another guy. I'm sorry, effing another guy. So, yeah, wow, just incredible. I've known this is who I am for a long time now, but I had to work up the courage to say it out loud. It took months of introspection therapy, long chats with loved ones, plenty of tears, and pushing through a lot of fear and denial to get here. In the article published last month, Knox wrote that he, 
she and Zoe had started a polyamorous relationship with another transgender couple, Danny and Dame. Knox wrote about the first meeting for Danny last year after reaching out to her to talk about an experience she had. According to Knox, the two bonded immediately in a way I rarely say I rarely do these days before deciding they had to fall in love. Before they before deciding they had to fall in love. So in other words, they just started having sex and they decided it was love and blah blah blah. This is a sickness. This is perversion. This is an example. And what the real tragedy is, they have a kid. And that kid has fallen trapped to this. Now, she knew she was a woman for years. She knows she's a woman now. But what's sad is that she just doesn't have the courage to keep this out of her kid. And she just finally decided, okay, it's time to, time to be a man. So that I can have sex with this other man who says he's a woman. It's disgusting. It's not right. It's not normal. That's not even normal. And by the way, if you, like I said, if you take a look at the pictures of these people, you're like, oh, good. At least they're having sex amongst themselves because it's disgusting. Now, what concerns me is what are they doing to that kid? I mean, this kid is seeing this perversion this Nero's uh, court having sex with each other left and right. Is this normal for this kid? Is this something this kid is going to grow up to be a healthy individual? Yeah, I think not. Okay. So if you go to, if you go to Rumble and you want to take a look at what I look like during these podcasts, go take a gander. I am recording these podcasts on video and I'm posting some of the parts on Rumble. The podcast is not all published on Rumble, just a little bit of it. Some of the dumbasses of the day and stuff like that. I'm trying to get into the I'm trying to get into the the habit of you of actually re- video recording these. I I'm not there yet. So, for example, I didn't record today. But uh, take a look because there are a bunch of vid- new videos out there. So, I hope you guys have a great day. Uh, I hope you enjoy Talk to you tomorrow. God bless. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics.